0: You can't wait another minute. You can't put it off another day. Your life is too valuable to forfeit your destiny. So let's start something new. Now, <laughs> let's go. When we are bitten by life unexpectedly, it can often cause damage beyond recognition. And the truth of the matter today is that many of us are living our lives out of the eye. Didn't see that coming. experience. No, your faith will say that God is still fighting for me, that when your perspective tries to convince you that you are down and out, your faith will remind you that it is God who has all power in his hands, who is still working things for you assertion of the fact that mercy is present means this y'all without the existence of mercy that outcome would be different meaning if mercy wasn't present it would be another way but jeremiah says that because of the lord's mercies which now means that we have to shift our outlook Hey, everybody. What's up? It's your girl, Marissa Farrell, and welcome back to another episode of your Next Now podcast. I'm super excited today um, to be doing one of my very first solo podcasts in quite a while, Um, but I wanted to make sure that I spent some time chatting with you guys and kind of catching you up and uh, exploring into some new things that I've been thinking on in the last couple of weeks without having to worry about the schedule of my guests but don't worry I have some super exciting guests who are going to come on I would not mention their names now because it will be a surprise but just stay tuned because these next few weeks are going to be super amazing so I hope that you guys are all well and certainly I'm excited that you guys decided to tune in today um to the podcast um so lately I've just been man lord I've been going And going and going and going. Super busy. Uh, Ministry is absolutely crazy. If you're listening to this today, then you know by now that um, this time next month, I'll be preparing to um, preach for the opening worship service uh, at Woman Thou art Loose 2022, which is the actual last Woman Thou art Loose that Bishop Diggs is going to host, which I just think is an, is an amazing honor to be able to share um, in that occasion and with those amazing, amazing women. Um, if you have not registered, you need to head over to mywtlconference.com or maybe conf.com, but you can Google it and find it or head to Bishop Dix's page and find it in. You're going to be so inspired, so empowered, so enlightened. There's going to be a plethora of super um, exciting workshops, things that are designed to fulfill you to teach you to inspire you to empower you and i'm just really excited and honored to be a part of the last two which would this would be my third so this would be my last of of three of the 20 i believe two years that bishop Dix has been doing this and so i'm super honored to be able to participate i have so many other exciting things coming up um if you check this out tomorrow i'll be headed to fresno california i'll post that um Flyer tomorrow. So if you're in Fresno, come check me out. Uh, I'll be in Newark, New Jersey all weekend long between Friday and Saturday. So if you're in the New Jersey area, you can come and meet me. And also on Sunday, I'll be back in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with Bishop Cedric Daniels at Holy Redeemer. Um, I'll be there in the morning and I'll be one of their convocation guests in the evening. So it's an exciting and busy weekend. Hope that all you all have something super exciting going on. And if you're in any of those areas and have some free time, come meet me because I would certainly love to uh, connect with each and every one of you. But life is good, man. Um, I finally feel uh, ready to kind of just open up about some things and some places that I've been in the last few months of my life, I think people have been kind of like, mercy where have you been? And you know, you've been quiet and you haven't been doing this and you know, all types of stuff. But um the last eight months of my life have been very interesting. And this is probably one of the most vulnerable podcasts that I'll ever um, do. And maybe not one of the only, but the first of many. So um in the last eight months, I've been dealing with just a lot. I think that ever since December of last year, um, when my dad was, uh, diagnosed with a, a, a cancer, um, you know, I don't want to necessarily say terminal. Um, I will say that the stage of it was far enough, um, that it drew concern, but the Lord is kind. Um, but there's something about like hearing your parent. My mom went through breast cancer 11 years ago, by the way, um, 2007. No, that's a long time. Actually. It's like, more than eleven years. It's been quite some time. But, you know, I remember then how I felt. And I remember going through that with my mom. And I remember just like feeling, you know, very lost and confused, but much younger at the time, you know. And and when you're that young, I, I was actually graduating high school so I was seventeen. You you kind of don't really have the full perspective of the sensitivity of life and the you know, the fragility of life. And so, you know, I was young and I felt like it was scary, but I think at 32 to have, um, experienced that with my dad, there was like a, a shifting of the gears for me. It, it is crazy. Cause it's like one of the things that you really can't even stop, honestly. It's like, no matter how much you try or what you have going on or what you do, you kind of find yourself just off balance. Um, for me, it felt like um, a, a spiritual just shift. And it was like before I knew it, I was just trying to catch my wind and rebalance myself. And it almost is as if I was trying to do it on my own. I'm afraid to talk to people. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a very um, public person as far as the things that I go through privately or, you know, with my home and my family or things like that. People, um, even my pastor, as, as surprisingly said, uh, mentioned something to her daughter like I think um Marissa's going through some stuff that she's not talking about and the truth of the matter is I was um but it felt very just off kilter and it, it, you know, you try your very hardest to maintain yourself and to keep your stamina and to keep your composure in front of the people, especially when you're a public figure. Um, but really, it was it was a lot. It was a lot to endure. It was a lot mentally, it was a lot spiritually because it felt like the spiritual shifting and setting up of a new era. Um, not to say anything about my, my father, you know, Again, not terminal, hopefully, and prayerfully still. Um, the good thing is, in the testimony is, he just finished 24 treatments of um, um, radiation. And he's stronger than ever. I mean, this man preached three times Sunday, and he's 81 years old. So for me, it's like, that generation is cut from a different cloth. But still, it was just something that just happened inside of me internally that I just couldn't shake. And so I, I decided to come on in today and share my story because I just felt like, You know, while I'm busy trying to maintain my face in front of people and make sure that people don't see me weak or see me failing, the truth of the matter is there are a lot of people out there who are listening to things like this, this podcast and others and listening to my day-to-day declarations or stories or prayers or whatever I'm putting out, spiritual content. And can identify and connect and are going through the same thing. And they don't need to necessarily see that I'm this strong person who seemingly has it all together or who seemingly has this really exciting life of travel and ministry calendar and all these other things and, you know, whatever. They need to understand that there are times in my life where I, too, am weak, weary, vulnerable and questioning my purpose. And so that's kind of what drew me into um, the topic today, which is just really dealing with purpose, I recently went online, and for those of you who are listening this week, please make sure that you participate on the next um, poll, because I really love to hear from you guys and start to answer some of these questions that you guys have, and so I went online, and I started a a forum there for people to ask questions about purpose and things like that, um, just to kind of help drive the conversation today, Um, and I have a few of them that I'll answer, but you know, I think you know, one of the things I realized is that the reason why I felt like I had to stay strong in front of everybody and just kind of put on face and not let anyone know how, how weary I was in that season of transition for me, because that's what it, it just felt like a transition for me. My dad has been my pastor all my life. He's 81. My pastor is set to retire in the next two years. Um, according to the traditions of the AME church, um, the pastor that I've been under for the last 10 years. And so, um, it just felt very scary for me because when you get to that point in your life where you start to ask yourself, well, what's next? Like, and that's really what all of that drew me to. It was like, my dad is, you know, going through this. My pastor is going to be retiring in the next couple of years. I've been with them for the last 10 years. Who's gonna be my pastor, number one? Um, what's next? You know, what what where am I gonna land? That question in and of itself will draw you into just such a spiral of, you know, just emotions and, and a whirlwind effect. And so literally I found myself feeling like, Well, Marissa, why are you trying to say face or why are you trying to, you know, act like you got it all together, that you're so strong, you know? And 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 part of it was. Feeling like, oh, the people I minister to need to see that I can overcome anything. When the reality is, is that, you know, a lot of people identify with people because of their story, but they, Are attached to them and they are delivered through them because of their scars. In other words, it's easier um, for me to find and help someone when I can show you that I'm just like you and that I put my pants legs on the same way you do versus sitting there trying to act like nothing ever bothers me, nothing ever affects me in their life. It's just this big contentable fairy tale, which is what drew me into so much more because I feel like the pressure of social media, God have mercy, is like uh, too much in this day. I think that a lot of people feel like that, you know, we've given so much clout to social media. Social media has become our saving grace. It's become our soapbox. It's become um, the place where we survive, the place where we thrive. And it's like almost as if, People kind of value having a social media presence over the presence of an actual person and who that person is in life and the things that they bring to the table. And that's something that I think I actually got caught up in feeling like I had to, you know, look a certain way. When an intellectuality, I posted yesterday content, hey, you looking like stuff that you don't got, not just money, but healing that you don't have wholeness that you don't have um you know freedom that you don't have and a lot of people you know find themselves putting stock in it and so because we look at all these different factors now when we look at all these different people on social media that thrive thriving, their lives look like oh my god this is just so bomb when the reality is they go home and they're still broken and they go home and they're still weak and they go home and they're you know still struggling and um we start to compare ourselves to what we see versus what we actually know and that is one of the places that I wanted to plant my feet today when it comes to this purpose conversation because I tweeted not tweeted I text out yesterday and just in case you're following and listening to the podcast and you have not joined my text community yet you are sleeping um, well I was sleeping actually but I'm back now this is why this podcast is here so do me a favor pause what you're doing text me at 443-232-9600 and you can sign up to receive the, the text of the day but yesterday the text of the day or maybe it was two days ago, it stated that you don't have to be impressive to be impactful. And I think that a lot of times we devalue and belittle ourselves and our gifts in the eyes of other people because once again this pressure of social media is just so major I mean like and I don't want to harp on it but it's like social media is taking over the world and I mean I'm really watching amongst our young people like I just started kind of getting on the TikTok thing and really technically all I do is post my reels from Instagram and put them on TikTok technically I mean there's some content that I like to share more um privately on tiktok not because it's anything you know drastically different but you know i think the forum is just a little more fun so i like to kind of give like a comedy aspect and kind of do my craziness on tiktok you know um but really i just got on tiktok and I'm, I'm watching these young kids like i'm talking about nine and ten year olds that are in my life that are like Oh um, marissa i saw you on tiktok you're a tiktok celebrity or you're this that and the third or um i gotta get my followers up or i have you know it's like everything is just about comparison comparison like this person has this kind of tiktok account and this type of tiktok following and, and i'm like well, why do you make tiktoks all day because I'm, I'm trying to get my followers i'm trying to get my likes up like social media has really been an imprint on the minds of people in this day and people use it to to, to determine value when in all actuality that is the furthest thing from the truth right and so we start to compare ourselves to what we see and when all actuality the grass is not always greener on the other side. Um, I love these reels these days where people are posting like, oh, Instagram versus reality because people are realizing like, it's like a movie, you know? You can stage anything you want and people are going to, only see what aspect of it you want to present to them and so you know the long and short of it is I find that a lot of people who feel um as if they're not good enough or feel like they don't have enough to offer feel like they have to have something super impressive to be impactful when in all actuality you don't have to necessarily be impressive you just have to be consistent number one you have to be called number two and you have to have courage number three and I'm saying that to say that when you operate in those three things consistently Consistency, your calling, and and the courage that you know God gave you to be bold enough to speak to systems and people and people and entities and 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 organizations and things like that. At the end of the day, people are gonna have to honor the anointing that's on your life and the courage that's on your life to stand in what God called you to do. And if you do it consistently enough, you'll find this place called purpose and that's really how I became you know so people really often ask me like oh you know how did you get out there and I don't know it was like word of mouth I guess like I mean I've really have been doing this since I was uh, 14 years old and honestly I just consistently showed up in the call that God gave me but the courage that he gave me and I spoke truth to power I spoke truth to systems I spoke truth to pulpits and truth to organizations and truth to congregations and that's how I discovered this place, you know, and and this purpose that was given to me. Um and I'm saying that to say that you just have to be able to operate in your lane. And the problem is when people feel like they'll be successful operating in a lane that doesn't belong to them. You can't operate in a lane that doesn't belong to you and expect there to be full success. And the thing is, is that I think a lot of people are okay with minimal success or 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 what looks like success when, in actuality, the greatest success that you can have in your life is not the success that looks great or that, that sounds good on paper, but it's really the success that God has called you into because of your faithfulness to where he's planted you. And I'm saying that because there is like a a peace that comes with success when you're doing it God's way. There is a joy that comes with success. There is a, a wealth and abundance and an overflow that comes that you can't unlock in any of this. I don't care if somebody writes you a $250,000 check for your idea. When you do it in the manner and in the place that God has planted you and that God has led you and directed you, that $250,000 check ain't going to mean nothing because it'll be a million-dollar check that's behind that door. And so I'm saying that to say that God blessing and having ordained you to be in the space is greater than any approval that you can get from mankind. And so when we start to deal with purpose, you know, I'm finding that there are a lot of people who feel like they have to have it a certain way, do it a certain way, be a certain way, and in all actuality, comparison is, in fact, the joy of the, um, the the thief, I'm sorry, of joy. People say that all the time. That's not a quote that I've made up. That is definitely something that we've all heard before. But comparison will literally steal and suck the joy out of you. Um, purpose is, is just... It's, it can be defined in, in so many ways. And I think that it's very interesting um, to listen to the way that we have defined purpose in this season. But, you know, purpose literally by by definition as far as like, if we're talking about like Webster or Merriam-Webster or like the general definition of it is the reason by which something is done or created. It is the, the reason why it's done or created. It's the method by which it's done or created. It is, is literally the absolute understanding of intention and objective, right? So it's literally why God placed you in this earth. And let's just say that God didn't necessarily place you in this earth to be, you know, a millionaire, right? You may not be that millionaire, right? Does that mean that you don't have great success and not just great success, but great sustaining Uh, And maintaining by the hand of God in the place that he's planted you, you know, and I think a lot of people have um, it misconstrued. We think that purpose is when we reach this 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 plateau or this peak, according to public standard, when in all actuality, the peace that comes with purpose comes when you are authentically walking in your purpose. Um, You have to build an understanding. Of who you are and how, you know, you are called to contribute to your community first. And when you start to contribute to your community and to your family and to the places that you've been called, everything else seemingly will fall in place. And I mean, I can only tell you this from my own testimony, from my own story, from the places that I've been, the things, um, that I've gone through and the things that I have experienced, but purpose is literally um, the reason why you were created. It is the intention behind why you were created. It is the method and the thought that was thrown into why you were created. But the funny thing is that a lot of people don't realize that purpose is actually the very way out of the emotional traps that we get stuck in. In the day that I'm talking about, right, when social media has taken over the world and has seemingly defined people and, you know, dictated to people who they are and, you know, how great they are according to the social media standard, discovering your purpose and knowing who you are is literally the only way out of those emotional traps. Because when you have and are operating in purpose, like I said, it doesn't just bring peace but it brings self-confidence and that means that I may not necessarily have the same platform that you have. I may not necessarily know the same people that you know, but I promise you in the place that I'm planted, I am operating at the max and the peak of where I can be and where God has blessed me to be. And that's why I have peace and and that's why I have self-awareness and that's why I have self-confidence and that's why I'm not worried about, um, anybody else because I'm so busy focusing on what I got going on that I can't you know find myself um, drafting drifting or, or, or worried about you know what anyone else has going on and so that is a part of the the thing that a lot of people don't understand and so you know you often find people who are trying to 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 find their way out of um, certain emotional traps and certain mental traps. And in all actuality, the best way to do that is to start walking in and operating in your purpose. You know, purpose is that thing that will, will it won't let you sleep at night, you know. And a lot of times, the funny thing is a lot of people don't, don't know this, but it's something that, you know, my parents have instilled in me all my life that, That usually your purpose is the thing that irritates you the most because purpose does not, literally it does not let you rest. It, it's, you know, it, it calls you even when you don't want to be called. So like, if you have like a niche for youth, a lot of times if you see like youth ministry in 2022, that's done super traditionally or done super old, you're usually like. Uh, yeah, no, I know a better way. And the reason why is because purpose is so innately built within you that you feel like, oh, I already have a plan for that. I already know what that's supposed to look like. Um, if you see school systems, even, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be youth ministry, right? Or any type of ministry. Maybe you see school systems that are run in ways that have glitches or ways that have holes in it or ways that can be perfected and made better. And um, you tend to often say, oh, you know, things can be different or things can be better. And you actually have that plan in your mind without writing it out. You have that vision for that. Purpose is usually that thing that irritates you. It nags you. Like it won't let you rest. It won't let you sleep. And the crazy thing is you would be surprised how many people actually ignore that thing that's inside of them. And not because they don't have the ability, but because they don't know that they don't just have the ability, but they've been anointed to do that thing. And the crazy thing is, like, when you're anointed to do something, literally what I have found out is that there is nothing, and I mean nothing in this world, that can stop you from becoming, having, and living and walking in every single thing that God has ordained for you. Um, I want to get into some of these questions that, that people have Polls online, let me just find them in my little phone here. Okay, um no mm. I have seen purpose through dreams. How to fulfill without hurting the people you got wrong? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> so sorry. sorry, I'm like looking at these questions, like which one am I gonna deal with first? I've seen my purpose through dreams, but how to fulfill without hurting the people you have outgrown? Oh man, mm. listen. Ooh, uh, this is a funny question because I've been dealing with this today. So, you know, ooh. The reality is there will be seasons where you outgrow people. I mean, and here's the thing about outgrowing people, you may outgrow the association, but you may never outgrow the love for them, right? And when you're mature in the faith, in spirit, and even just in life, you recognize seasons where you you know love people but your direct association with them no longer fits who you are, where you are, what you do and quite frankly not even just who you are but who they are. Um because at the end of the day when you are, you know, not yoked with someone or when you are not called to be in in a season with someone, there will always be a level of discomfort not just for the person who is spiritual enough to recognize it but there's going to be a discomfort for both parties. Um and so how you get around walking in your purpose and not hurting individuals is well, let me tell you something. Honesty is the best policy and let me tell you in 2022 people do not want truth. Like people do not want they want a sugar coat, they want a they want a, you know, light version, they want to give me the keto version of it. No. Truth is always going to be truth. Truth is always going to be relevant and truth is always going to be necessary. And I think one of the problems with this generation is we really have a hard time having hard conversations. And let me tell you something. I literally just like literally was just having a conversation with my friends of of a very, very long time. And I was like, listen whatever truth you you dealing with or whatever you wrestling with that you choose not to talk to me about because of whatever you got going on, that's not my problem. Because your truth has always been welcomed here. Whatever your feelings are concerning things that we've experienced or things that we've been through, your truth is always welcomed here. And I think that one of the problems is that we live in a generation of one who does not tell truth, but then we also live in a generation who's afraid to receive truth. You have to be a person who is not afraid of either. I'm not afraid to have a hard conversation with you because at the end of the day, When you are walking in and truly seeking to exist in purpose, you have to be able to prioritize what matters. And in the long run, at the end of the day, what is it going to profit me and how is it going to please God if I'm delaying myself because of fragile loyalties when I find myself being loyal to things to a fault, people to a fault and the thing is I would hate to miss my purpose because I'm so busy wrapped up trying to save your feelings. I've been in that season. I literally um, just transitioned I feel like out of a season where I was just so afraid to hurt people's feelings like oh my God But but in the end I had to realize that I was doing people a disservice holding on to them because what happens is when you get to the place where you feel like your presence in someone's life is going to make or break them is going to dictate what they do and where they go literally you have a God complex and you are literally enabling them to believe that your presence is number one always going to be around number two that your presence can save them in some sort of way But in all actuality no it can't because the same pursuit of glory and of God and of relationship with God that they, that you have and that passion that you have they have to find that for themselves and so So you have to be true enough to yourself to be able to say, listen, this is a season where I recognize that I'll always love you, but the associations that we have on a day-to-day basis can no longer exist or that, you know, we... Are no longer in a space that benefits us or that benefits me, and in order for me to operate in my sanity and operate in in my sanctity, even, I have to take some time to explore who I am in the entirety of that and to be able to define that out. So, I know that is a tough place, you know, and I've been there. Oh my god! And people don't take it lightly. People don't take it. And the crazy thing is, and let me tell you something. Let me just let me just get real ghetto on y'all for a second. Let me just come out of, you know, politically correct Marissa, and come Like, when you have a friend who, you know, has a season that, that things change or like your association changes or whatever case they be, that's not licensed for you to run and just act the fool on your friend. Like, let me just start there. Because if you love somebody or you ever were a true friend to them number one that should be the furthest thing from your mind just because we have to separate for a season or for this time or just because we no longer benefit each other doesn't mean that I become your enemy and that, that's what I hate like I hate that there are so many people in the world like that's a pet peeve of mine who really really feel like just because we're not friends means we have to be enemies no, we just we just in two different spaces and we're just in two different seasons and we just have to take some time and 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 kind of separate and you know you figure out who you are. I'm going to figure out who I am and we're going to go from there. But you know, that's one of the, the risks that you run um when you Enter into friendships. And I mean, the crazy thing is some of them are long term and childhood and things like that. Right. But that's one of the risks you run um, when you enter into friendships. And I'm talking about specifically for your latter years. And, you know, you don't pray about it. You know, you got to learn how to uh, evaluate before you elevate. I've been saying that all my life. Like, I don't even say people's numbers in my phone anymore. You put your number in my phone. That's on you. If I use it, that's on me. But um I got to figure out who you are. And that's one of the things that I think that we don't do. And that is so relevant to purpose. Like when people come into your life, you got to stop sometimes and ask the hard question. Like, who are you? Why are you here? What do you want? What do you bring to my life? Are you an asset or are you a liability? And that set of questions right there alone can save you from a world of heartache. Like literally, I have found myself wishing that I had asked some of those questions before I allow people into my life and into my space because, you know, um, people who cannot answer those questions probably are going to be more of a, I don't want to say liability, but more of a pull than a push kind of friend. You know what I'm saying? Because people who can't answer those questions are not sure of themselves and where they are. And that means that you have to then evaluate, can I be what you need? Can I feed into you, pour into you and give you what you need without taking from myself or or losing myself in it, in the process? And, you know, again, this has, you know, gone off on a tangent from the original question, but these are some of the things that we can start to save. And we have to start asking those questions because if we are going to be people who are serious about our purpose and who are serious about pursuing our purpose, we have to be willing to ask the hard questions because at the end of the day, I have to protect my purpose. If I can't protect my my purpose then everything is up for grabs like you got to get to the point where your purpose means so much to you that you can't allow anything to penetrate it to throw it off course to delay it to, to to you know take away from it because purpose is literally just that serious it is literally the thing that you were ordained to do and the crazy thing is is that the enemy knows that and so the enemy starts to send you know people that look like they're for you your way just to distract You and to delay your timeline, you know, from reaching the place that God has you and wants to place you and plant you for your promised place. You know what I'm saying? And so you get to the point in your life where you have to start to ask the question above everything because it has to be about protecting your purpose. I don't want to be delayed anymore. I cannot afford to be delayed anymore. I don't have the ability to be delayed anymore. And so the enemy, he's cunning. The Bible says that he walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He will do any and everything to distract you. And see, that's. What I found out about the enemy. He specializes in manipulation. He cannot deal in the realm of our physical existence. And so the enemy specializes in causing us to forfeit. And so he'll put people in your life who look like friends and come to find out you've distracted yourself, you've thrown yourself off, you know, you have wasted your years, wasted time with them, you've wasted investment, you wasted energy. And these are things that you could have put into becoming and being who it is that God has called you to be. But I hope I've answered that question in some facet. Um, How do you deal without hurting people Just be honest just tell them listen I love you But I can no longer Afford you not right now You know it doesn't mean that you will still come around Come to my birthday parties and you know we'll, we'll still be friends but this like Everyday thing and this you know I can't do it I can't afford to do it Um Let's see another question Hmm When did I discover my Purpose and there's another one that's kind of similar. How did you find your purpose and how do you become secure in your purpose? Um who you know, I think that question goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning. I discovered my purpose um just very haphazardly. You know, I'm not a very um holds bar kind of person. <laughs> if you've ever met me, I am definitely a no holds bar kind of person. I I don't know. I know. Even know when that switch like click clicked on for me in life, like marissa when did you get to the place where it was like I'm gonna tell you like it is, like I'm just gonna be honest, and you know what I think actually it probably like five or six years ago, seven years ago, um I was dealing with some stuff and and my pastor approached me about some stuff, and I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to tell her the truth, right, but in all actuality, she already knew you know what what was going on with me at the time, and I was just like. Um yeah. After that, I just felt like you got to kind of be a person who is so, you know, so blunt and and so forward, not to the point of offense, but just, you know, just period because one of the things that saved me at that time was that I was wrestling interpersonally with like, whether I, you know, how I wanted to handle a situation. But what was honored in that moment was that I faced it just head on. And I just kind of dealt with it. So I'm saying to say that's always been my character, right? Um. So when it came down to discover my purpose, I discovered it because like I talked about that thing that nags you, that thing that irritates you, I addressed that, that thing in my life. I, you know, like initially um I got called into doing like my first speaking kind of thing was when I was um like 11. And I'll never forget it. The missionaries at my church, my dad's church. Um, shout out to my Calvary Freeway Baptist Church, 1607 East Oliver Street, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, the missionaries had asked me to do a exhortation. That's what they used to call it back in the day. I don't know if they still call it that. When a young person like gets up and supposed to be like, you know, I guess fake preaching or I don't know, bootleg preaching or what y'all call it. But they asked me to do one on um X. Ex- uh, two, you know, and you shall receive power that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, right? And um, that's X two, right? Y'all don't get me if I'm wrong, cause I'm I may have sleep right now, But let me see, I'm on, I'm gonna Google that to make sure I got that right. Yeah, X two, I know I wasn't wrong, cause the first chapter is when he's holding the weight for the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. So X two, they wanted me to do like a um an exhortation. So I remember writing it, and um, my parents didn't help me or anything. Um, I just kind of studied it and I don't know, just did it. So. At that moment, when I got to up to speak, um, it was like the power of God was just so evident. It was just like all my life. People ask me this, these stories all the time. Like, how did you get to where you are? Like, generally, very organic. Um, and so that was my first, like, speaking thing. And then after that, um, I started, people started to, I guess, notice some level of leadership on me or, or whatever. And I would just kind of just start adding my opinion into stuff in the church like I would just be adding my opinion into stuff thinking that it carried some value not because I was so confident or even because I was the pastor's daughter because at the time Lord when I was a kid I hated being a PK sorry to all the PKs out there who loved it it was like the worst experience of my life when I was younger but it did also make me to be the strong person that I am today so thank you all for all of the years of just torturing me and just yeah, y'all know who y'all Half of them I'm friends with now, like literally. I mean, the crazy thing is you learn people over time. So like, I don't, you know, I don't have any animosity towards anybody. I really thank God for my church family because they were like hard on me because at the time I was so wild, rambunctious, obnoxious, didn't know who I was, wanted to be in everything. I ain't had no rhythm, no beat, couldn't dance, couldn't clap, couldn't do nothing. They used to tease me about everything, but it made me the person that I did that have like super tough skin. Long story short, I used to just interject myself in different places, whether it was youth ministry, dance. St- so I started kind of just moving around and started doing stuff in my church that I had never done before. Um, And that opened the door for so many other things. So I'm saying that to say that it was like that nagging thing for me. It was like all these different things that I felt like I was called to fix. And I guess the evidence of that now is that I'm 33 and I am in some level of leadership role. You know, I'm, I'm I, um. I'm a preaching assistant for my pastor, um, which is essentially like an executive or associate pastor at the church. Um, I have had 10 years with them where I have learned like any and everything that I think you can learn in church, um, except for maybe some of the like HR stuff and, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, I have just been at the feet of someone who has been able to give me just invaluable wisdom for the last 10 years. Um, And so that role that I play in church, you know, developing, um, uh, uh, what am I talking about? Developing like um, outreach programs and stuff like that. All that stuff se- seemed to have seemingly worked from the time I was younger up till now. So I'm saying that to say, as far as developing how I found my purpose, I just started kind of figuring out what my niche was, like what works for me. Um, the evangelism part came much later. Of course, it comes with teaching as well, because you cannot necessarily... You can define your purpose, but then you have to develop your purpose, right? So once it was kind of evident that this is what I'm called to do, this is what I'm good at, this is what happens. Naturally, it's like innate. Like people all the time say, oh, you're a preaching machine and you're just a preacher's preacher and you can just preach. People used to say it all the time. And I used to despise that comment because I always felt like I can actually do a little more to preach. Like I can cook, I can sing, I can play the drums or something like I could do a lot of stuff right um I'm a photographer like all these different gifts and things that I have people used to say oh you're a preaching machine preaching just came naturally to me it was just like you couldn't deny it you couldn't you know people would just listen to me at that age and they were like oh my god and at this age you know people like like right now people already think people many people don't know that I was never in a formal seminary program. Um, both of my parents are teachers in seminary. My father is the Dean of Old Testament Studies. He's taught systematic theology. He's taught effective preaching. He's taught the uh, manners and customs of Bible times and all that type of stuff. My mom has taught like Life and Letters of Paul. She's taught um, effective preaching. She's taught she taught a lot of stuff, too. So either way, both of my parents are seminaries, And when I was younger, they used to just take me to school with them because they didn't have anywhere for me to go to school. So I sat in seminary classes probably from the time I was 15 to like the time I was 17. So a lot of people think that I already have formal seminary training when people don't know that I don't. But the reason why is because preaching has never been like a a struggle for me. It's a struggle to write a lot of times now. Don't get it twisted. I, I struggle, especially with my introductions. Oh my God, it's the worst thing in the world. I'd be like, Lord, if I'm ever going to get right this block, it's during the introduction of my sermons. But people kind of think that, but it was just like that evident, you know, where I didn't necessarily have the formal training. But shout out to me, I just got enrolled. Ah, just, I this is a, a thing I just actually needed to say. And I actually just got a text from the dean of the school then I just got enrolled into the Virginia Union um, Seminary, um, Samuel DeWitt practice Seminary. So I'm going to be there this fall taking my Master's of Divinity Program as well as an Executive MBA in Church Management. So shout out to me. I'm excited about that. Anyway, um, you know, that's how he needed it came, though. So long story short, I knew my purpose because it just was very evident. It was very prominent. It just stood out, right? So I guess the question really becomes for those who who don't have that same testimony, but how do I discover mine? You, God, I like to believe, gives us a great passion for something. Now, here's the thing. I think back to that social media thing. A lot of us want our purpose to look a certain way these days. We want it to look like this and we want it to be like this and we want it to be where as it's gonna you know touch millions of people and it's gonna be global and it's gonna be all that when intellectuality first of all you have to kind of start developing yourself in in a place before you can be you know Carried into these large things, you know. I mean, that's that's the that's the the Bible. You know, if you're faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over many things, right? So, a lot of times we ignore that passion because it doesn't look like the thing that's going to bring us all of the fame and acclaim in the world. I'm saying that to say there is something that God has placed inside of you. And you know it, whether it's to be a provider, whether it's to be a helper, whether it's to be a teacher. Like I know people who are literally like they, I believe that they were like purpose to be a teacher. Like your purpose was to be a teacher because they add so much value to the lives of people. It comes so naturally. If they did anything else, it will probably halfway kill them. That's that, that's that thing for you. It's It's like that place where you know unequivocally This is what I am called to do. And so I'm saying that to say that you find your purpose in your passion. You find your purpose not just in your passion, but you also find your purpose in your prayers and in your prayer life. And if I spend the time um, seeking God on that, you know, then he'll develop it and show it to me. The problem is that a lot of people lack passion because of personal predicaments. And this is a deeper conversation. I think it's going to take me way longer than what I've already gone in my little 40-something minutes trying to get through this podcast by myself, which is actually really hard. This is why I don't do podcasts by myself because, like, talking to yourself is just, like, a little strange, for (laughs) me. But I'm glad that I spent this time with you guys today. But long story short, I do think a lot of people do not know their passion because their passion has been taken by their personal predicaments. So, really, I think that at this phase of people's lives, in order to find purpose, you have to be able to first find healing because you got to get to that place where you have joy again and excitement for the things that God has allowed you to see, allowed you to witness, has, has bought you into, has designed you for, created you for. You have to be able to find that passion. And you can only find that when you are in some way, shape, or form living your life, not existing in life, but actually living in life. So, really, purpose has to begin with healing. You have to be able to be operable in a whole place. And, and here's the thing. It doesn't have to be a perfected place. It don't have to be like, I got it all together but you have to have a level of wholeness about yourself because you have to be able to identify what am I excited about? What does, what, what is God put inside of me birthed inside of me in, in such a way that it actually excites me to do every day, to get up every day. People used to make this comment and this, this quote when I was like in high school that, you know, when you love your job, you never work a day in your life. And that's real. Like when you love what you do, when you have that passion for that and that fire for that, you never necessarily work a day in your life. Um, so How to discover your purpose. When did I discover mine? I was very, very young. Um, um, Now, I discovered it then, but I'm still developing it. And that's the difference. You got to be able to maintain and understand the difference. Like, there's a difference between knowing your purpose and then actually developing that purpose out. Um, And how I became secure in it. mm, Child, I'm still not always secure in it. So, I mean, to just be real, like, you know, I'm secure in me. And that's the thing. I, I, I'm more so sec- And here's the other part of it. I'm not necessarily securing me. I'm securing me because I'm securing God. I know who God is, and I, the way that I've seen His hand work in my life, I know unequivocally and undoubtedly that it's nobody but God. I could not have possibly brought myself to any of the places and stages and opportunities that I've had in my life and it has been the validation of God's hand in my life that has made me secure so really I don't think that you can find confidence and security in yourself I think you have to rest that confidence in God and I love that song by touch the cops I've got confidence in you um because it really is indicative of people who have you know this kind of call or anointing on their life or any kind of calling in their life finding the ability to walk in that in God because truthfully if Marissa had to rely on her confidence every time she got a boy I told her I'd be wrestling with them introductions I don't I'll be like, Mm-mm. I have to have the confidence that God has given me something and He's going to breathe on it and He's going to bring clarity to it and He's going to take one word and He's going to be 99 different situations in the room. And so that confidence is not in myself. That confidence and that security is really built in understanding who God is. So that's how I discover my purpose. That's when I discover my purpose and that's how I'm securing it. Um, my time is winding down because I don't want to hold you guys too long. How do you deal with understanding your purpose but confused with power? Hmm, that's a good question. But I really think that I wish that I had you guys on here so that I could kind of elaborate on your questions a little better. Because when you say you're confused with your uh, your power, what I guess I would need to know what part of that confuses you. So for the person who um, raised that question, do me a favor, inbox me and maybe we'll do a part two um, of this podcast. But I want to give you something before I go. Um, Something that I want to want to give to you. -mm 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 -mm. Okay. So I believe that God's purpose for your life and your will to understand um, the big picture and how it all pieces together in your life um, will reduce stress. I believe that it will simplify your life. I believe that it will make your decisions more concise. And I believe that you have to pursue that purpose relentlessly to be able to find that kind of peace. I think that when you are able to discover and determine how your purpose exists in your life, you'll be able to allow purpose to lead your life. Purpose leading your life will ultimately lead you to the place that God has ordained for you. Because if you walk in why God created you to exist, you'll ultimately reach what he created you to exist for. And that is the place of promise. And I believe that when we unlock that place, that we are unstoppable in Him, and that there is nothing that we cannot do. So, I've enjoyed taking the time to talk to you guys today. But I've been on here for like 45 minutes, and I keep promising myself that I will never do a podcast that is any longer than 45 minutes. So, like I said, we have a exciting plethora of guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. But I have a couple more topics that I want to talk about, like making the best out of a bad situation. I want to talk about breaking the ties of uninspired living. I want to talk about mercy for my neighbor understanding that everybody is going through something so these are a few of my topics that I'm going to be talking about in my personal podcast Um, but listen out because my next guest is going to be one for the record books her testimony is one that is inspiring to many and I believe it'll certainly uplift you so thank you for joining me today this is a good day to start something new not tomorrow not next week but start something new now and what are we starting today? And starting to go after and pursue the purpose that God has for our lives. Not anybody else's. Is- right. I love you guys.